Well, the journey of life, and all of us are on it. So funny, I don't, I don't think Mariah had any idea what we were going to speak on this weekend. And Friday when I picked her up from school, she's my junior high daughter, um, she just asked me out of the blue, she said, Dad, what did you want to be when you grew up? And I'm like, I don't know. Anybody else not know at all what you wanted to be? And it was obvious because once I got into college, I still had no idea what I wanted to be. Do you guys remember that, having to put down your major? And every time I try something different, right, and because I didn't know what to put down, oh, one time I tried journalism. Let's just try that one. I was in a journalism class for, I think, 30 minutes, and I decided, nope, <laughs> you have to, like, write papers. <laughs> Forget that. And so, so I, I went through this time where I didn't, I didn't have any idea who I was and what I wanted to be. And so I'll never forget my sophomore year, I, I, had, I was like one of the last ones to register, so some of the classes I wanted weren't even available. So I had three classes that semester. What a great year. This is college. My first one was freshman comp, okay? And so, and you guys know Eric Winter, you guys right here? So Eric was my roommate at the time. We're just a little bit different. And, uh, and what a blessing. I got into this class that the professors got some special grant for to teach in a completely new way. Grammar didn't matter. How beautiful is that, <laughs> right? It was all about creative writing and writing from a purpose. This is no lie. I'm in college. I would come home with homework, and I had to do like dot-to-dot -dot connections and matchings, and Eric's over next to me just sweating it out. It was awesome. So that was my Tuesday, Tuesday and Thursday morning class. Tuesday and Thursday afternoon, I had Introduction to Middle East, which was a decent class. And then on Wednesday nights, I had Introduction to Film, so my buddies and I would grab pillows and popcorn and go on Wednesday nights and watch movies. You guys see, what a great semester, right? By 2.30 on Thursday afternoon. So Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, I got to what? Party. Yeah, it's right. I was, I, you know, it's pastors can do that too. It's okay. No, but back then, it was, just, it was just crazy. And I realized at that time in my life, I was a total, I was the definition of futility. And, and actually, I was when I looked up the real definition incapable of producing any useful results. <laughs> and, 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 but it's true. Like, like when you don't know who you are and you're just kind of floundering around, it's like it's just so hard to actually produce a life that you, that you love. So I was 19 when I kind of got, this is when I had my real encounter with God and got uh, turned some things around. So I'm, I'm honestly looking at myself, and you guys know me. I love sports. I just do. My dad was a phys ed teacher, coached football, basketball, and baseball. It was just driven into my DNA. But I also realized something as a 19-year-old kid. If anybody had been intentional with me when I was a high schooler, if somebody would have poured into my life, I know I would not have lived my high school years the way I did. So I think I finally found it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to major in education so I can teach high school and coach football. Because I know that coaches and teachers can have a huge impact on kids' lives. So I started to pull some things together and find some purpose for my life. Now, I, I just want to tell you another fun question. You ever get asked the question, if you had to do something different than what you're doing right now, what would you choose to do? Do you guys ever go with that question? It's kind of fun to think about. I, I, I think I can honestly say it never changes for me. If I wasn't a pastor, I would somehow be on the college campus. I would love to be a dean of some sort or work with, I, th I think that season of life is one of the greatest seasons when all of us are trying to figure out who am I? And I want to be me. It's such a huge time. Now, while I was in college, here's another way that I think you start to find the me that you want to be. 
is other people, if you're really living in community, other people, you guys tone those down just a touch? That'd be great. Um, the other people see things in you. So I was a senior in college, and all of a sudden, one of my brother, my brother-in-law came up to me, and he said, hey, Dave, have you ever thought of youth ministry? And I'm like, no. Ministers are weird. <laughs> so, and he said, um, he goes, my dad pastored a church in Ohio. They've never had a youth program. They want to start one. And he goes, I think you do a great job. He goes, I think you should pray about that. So I'm like, okay, I'll pray. Two weeks later, <clears throat> the head of the youth ministry department gives me a call. I have nothing to do with that department. And he gives me a call and he says, hey, Dave, there's a guy who wants to come and interview some people for a youth ministry position. And I gave him your name. Is that okay? I'm like, all right. Be good interview experience, I guess. I show up and it's the guy from the church that my brother-in-law told me about. I'm like, are you serious? See, partly what happens, you guys, and we are going to discover this throughout these next six weeks as we go through this. I'll touch on it today. You will find out that when you're trying to be the you that you're created to be, it's never just about you. Never. You live, we live in community, and people can see that in us and help us to discover it. Now, here's another side note. So we just talked about spiritual warfare a few weeks ago and uh, had a guy this morning tell me, he's like, man, you just started coming to K2. He's like, man, thank you for that series. And I had a ton of people tell me about that. So just here's a side note about spiritual warfare. Your spiritual enemy will always seek to wound you in your area of strength. And this is huge, man. When I look back at my life and I think I'm beginning, I'm 49, right? I should kind of have an idea at least somewhat of who I am. What I discover is that when spiritual warfare comes against me, it always tries to keep me from being me. So just be aware of that. That was for free. That was on the side. Okay, here we go. So let's look at these three words real quick. The me I want to be. First of all, me. So here's my question for you. Who are you? Who are you? And are you actually being you? And how do you even know? How do you know if you're being you? And so, man, and then as some of us, well, I, I kind of know who I am. I have a, maybe some of you feel like I have a good perspective of who I am. Then here's the question. Then are you fully and totally and completely being you? As you're going to see in this series, every title of the message is going to be made complete. It's one of the greatest words in the Bible. Jesus said, I came so that you'd have life and life to the full. And there's this wonderful Greek word that's, that's translated sometimes complete, sometimes perfect, sometimes mature. I love this, you guys. God makes it so clear that I want you to be completely you. And he's absolutely committed to that. And so, me, who are you? Are you being you, and how do you even know? Then, we get to this next part, the me I want. And, and here's what we understand. That just by the definition of the word want, it means that there's a wish, there's a need, there's a desire. If you use the word want at all, it means that there's something missing. And here's what we know. I, you can't be a human being on this planet and not be searching for your complete fullness and satisfaction. It's just what we do as humans. 
I don't care who you are. I don't care how successful you are. Everybody, every day, constantly, all we do is make decisions because we believe that this decision is going to help me find completeness and fulfillment for my life. You guys understand that? That's what we do as human beings. The me I want to be. And I just want to tell you, I actually believe that want, that desire is actually a gift from God. I think it's a grace from God that he puts inside of you to say, keep looking, keep seeking, keep searching. And I think it's because nobody wants you to be you more than God. So the me, I want to be. Now, if you look at the word be, okay, this is like philosophy 101 or something. But if you look at the word be, now we're talking about that's just what I am. That's what is. It's your essence. So all through life, maybe you said stuff like, man, I want to be fast. I want to be funny. I want to be smart. I want to be pretty. I want to be successful. But ultimately, underneath all those things, what we're saying is, I want to be me. And I don't want to be who you want me to be. Anybody got people around you who want you to be certain things? Right? Anybody married? Okay. Okay. So... The me, I want to, I don't want to be who you want me to be. I want to be me. And I don't want to be who the culture's telling me to be. I don't want to be what the world is telling me to be. I don't, this is interesting, because I thought about this. I don't even want to be the me that I think I want. Because I'm messed up. Anybody else messed up? I actually want to be me. So the question is, can that happen? And how can it happen? And how cool would it be if for the rest of your days on this planet, you spent continually growing and becoming you? That's what these next six weeks are about. So let's pray. Let's jump into the first one. Father, wow, so fun. What a fun day. Lord, my prayer for everyone here today is that you might give us hope. Today's a day of hope. For Lord, um, all of us have taken our hits. This world, our own decisions, our spiritual enemy, there's so many things that are duping us and, and, and helping us to struggle to really actually even know who am I and why am I here and what's my purpose and how do I find fulfillment. And I'm so glad that you care. And my prayer today is that you take your word right now. You know, ev you know <laughs> everyone here. And would you reveal the truth of your love for him? In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So today's message we're titling, Being Made Complete by Design. If you're going to be the me that you want to be, you have to understand that that me was designed. So one of my favorite little passages, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. It says, the Son, which is Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him, all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. So the verse, first point is, the me I want to be, you got to know that you were designed by God. 
Now, we, we've talked in the past, we're not going to go into the evolution and creation debate. We know that you walk outside these doors and almost everybody's going to tell you that's impossible to actually be created. That is a, I just want to tell you, we're going to go through this. I have no problem with science. I think science is awesome. Keep diving into what was created. Figure it out. It's wonderful. But we're just going to start with this, from the very beginning, this is what God has said, right? So if you go to Genesis chapter 1, the very first statement of the revelation of God is what? In the beginning, God, he created. Now here's what's interesting. How did he create? What did he do? He spoke it. And I've shared this a couple times here in these last 10 years, but I love this. Because what am I doing right now? I'm speaking. Well, what does that mean? It simply means I have ideas and I want to express them. And a spoken word, that's all a spoken word is. It's an idea that gets expressed. And I think that's why the writer said, how can I let everybody know what the creation is? Because what the creation is, is it's God's idea expressed. So everything we see in all of creation came from the mind of God. And what I love is that's for even people who don't believe that there is a God, but they'll get out in nature and they'll go, okay, well, if there is, <laughs> right? Or they'll look at the cosmos and go, okay, that's unbelievable. Maybe there must be something. See, that's all God was doing. He's going, I've created everything and it's my idea. So when you look at creation, you can actually see God's idea. But now think about this. All things were created in him. So what does that make you? I love this, man. You are God's idea expressed. Every one of you. And that's why, you guys, every person that you see has inestimable value because they're a creation of God. They're his idea. And we can see, as we look at this, it's so cool. In Psalm 139, verse 13, it says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. So right off the bat, we, see, we discover that God's saying, Hey, who you are at your core, your inmost being, your personality, the uniqueness of you, that was God's idea. And he's expressing himself through your personality, which is awesome. And, 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 and here's what I think about this. Like, so one of my cells hooks up with one of Susie's cells, and there's Mariah. And then one of my cells hooks up with one of Susie's cells, and there's Ashlyn. And one of my cells hooks up with one of Susie's cells, and there's Caleb. And I look at those three, and I go, okay, all three of you came from us? You guys, any parents out there know this? You look at your kids, and you're like, you are so different. Why? Because each one of them is God's idea expressed. There's a uniqueness that he wants to reveal to the world about his very person in you. That is so cool. So then he goes on, he goes, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know that full well. Can I, I just tell you guys, this might, it's a, in some senses we might go, okay, get on with it, I get that I'm created. No, uh-uh. I don't know if you do. And if you do, go to the depths of this. Because I'm like, I've been walking with Jesus for 30 years. I'm 49. And I sit there and I think, even now, I'll sit down to pray to God. And sometimes when I stop and I just want to praise him, without even thinking about it, one of the first things that will come to my mind is, I praise you because you're my creator. Like, I only exist because you thought of me. 
When's the last time you thought about that? See, we don't think about that. I mean, when you guys all sing and worshiped him, wouldn't just the fact that he created you be enough reason to give him praise? Amen. Just that right there. And so we, had, we need to stop and acknowledge this unbelievable fact that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And then verse 15. My frame was not hidden. So we got the inner portion, the deepest part of your personality and who you are. But now he's going physically. Your frame, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. And isn't that fun, you guys? I mean, look around. If you just look around this room, you're like, yep, ain't nobody look anything like me, right? This un you can walk all around the whole earth, and every person is unique physically? That's genius. And so what the author said is, he goes, you were woven together. And actually, if you dive down what that word originally meant, was it meant to variegate. In other words, it meant to mix colors. It's almost like the poet David here was going, how do I get people to understand this? Oh, okay. Imagine an artist with a palette, and he's got all his colors over there. And what does he do? A little of this, a little of that, a little of this. And he, he creates something completely different. That's what God says he did with you. So here's what you got to do, man. Next morning, you wake up, and you're like, ugh in the mirror, you go, no, that's God's idea. Okay, maybe not a good one, but that is God's idea. <laughs> I see most of you are like, oh, really? No, no, but this, I mean, you are fearfully, wonderfully made. It's unbelievable. And so, the me I want to be, the only way you're going to find who that me is, is you got to find out who your creator is. So I was sitting in my office, and I was looking, and everything in my office was created, right? I mean, everything in here, some, it was somebody created it. They had an idea. It got expressed, and so they made it. So I, was, um, I, keep, uh, I keep my bike in my office because I don't have a lock on my garage, which I probably shouldn't have just told you. Um, <laughs> but uh, So I keep it in here, and I was, I was just looking at this bike, and I just imagined talking to the guy who actually designed this bike and saying, hey, so what was your purpose in creating this bike? And can you imagine going, I don't know. Wouldn't that be weird? <laughs> like, no, of course you know. Everything was designed perfectly so that you can ride this. I mean, this is beautifully and wonderfully made. And somebody designed it very, very, very distinct purpose. So, when you go to God, right, that's like going to God and going, hey, God, why did you make me? Why did you think about me? Why am I designed the way that I'm designed? And God's up there going, I don't know. <laughs> Come on. Okay, I'm glad you got that. So it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's ridiculous how beautifully you are made. And so let's get to the second point. For you to be the me that you want to be, you've got to understand that you were designed with purpose. You're designed with purpose. Colossians 1.16 says, All things have been created through him and for, right? Yeah, for him. Now, as soon as you throw the word for, you've got purpose. So Psalm 139.16 says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. The word there is just the fetus. You saw me before I was done being formed. All the days ordained for me were written in your book 
before one of them came to be. That's unbelievable. And even that word ordained, you guys, is the word, it means to form. It means to shape. So not only did God form your personality at the core of who you are, not only did he decide and form physically who he made you to be, he's also formed and shaped your days, all of them, when? Before one of them even came to be. Before you were even, well, you were unformed. And this is why we value life. Because that creation is of God and he already knows that life and every day that's going to happen after that. Earlier in the psalm, it says, before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely. What's that mean? So my idea, I'm just getting ready to express it, and God's like, got it, right? I already got that down. So what does this mean? This is awesome. That this beautiful concept that you and I live in called time, God's not bound by it at all. So he's eternal. So what does this mean? I was listening to Tim Keller, my favorite guy to, that I learned so much from, and he said a, a new way to explain this. He goes, it's kind of like a river that winds like this. And on that river are a number of boats. But you got one boat here, and there's another boat here, and another boat here, and another one down there. But since you're abound down here in the boat, you have no idea that there's any other boats on the river at all. And if, even if you were standing on the shore... A boat comes by. It's like, oh, there's a boat. You have no idea how many boats are on that river. But if you stood on the top of the mountain and you look down at the river, what do you see? You see the whole picture. And that's what God sees when he sees you. So we'll say things like, well, God sees your future, but you can't even say that because that means he's in the present, which he's not. <laughs> he's outside of all of it. And what's cool, and this is what Keller said, and I, I, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's perfect for today. God sees in one look all of you. And therefore, only God knows who you are. Isn't that wild? Just soak in that for a second. Only God knows who you are. He knows you at 70, at 55 in one glance. So here we are. We're going, the me I want to be. I want to be who I am. Then what the Bible's saying is then, you got to go to the one who created you in the first place, who knows the days ordained for you, who designed you with a purpose, because he alone knows why you're here. He sees you. Let me give you a couple cool examples for me in Scripture. Galatians chapter 1, verse 13, Paul says this. He goes, for you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and I tried to destroy it. Isn't that awesome that the guy who wrote the Bible tried to destroy the church? I love it. I was, a, by the way, so if you feel like you're too far away from God, ain't possible. All right, here we go. Verse 14, I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and I was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But, very important word in scripture, but when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, when he was pleased to reveal his son in me, so that, and there's your word, there's purpose, so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. What's Paul saying? 
Before I was born, when I was still in my mother's womb, God had already set apart and he designed me and he fashioned me exactly how he wanted me to be so that when he revealed Christ in me, he took the raw character and personality that he made, that he liked, and then he made it something beautiful. Can I just say, this is so important, you guys, because I, I, at one point, I was so scared to become a Christian. And I met a guy again this morning, and he hadn't been in church in 13 years. He just started coming a few months ago, and somebody told him, say, hey, man, you should go to K2. And he's like, uh, I don't know if I want to be around Christians. And I said, I totally know what you mean, right? <laughs> because there's this thing, like, man, if you become, I thought, if I become a Christian, then I got to get, like, weird and wear, like, geeky clothes and listen to bad music. And so I just was like, I don't want to do that. But I was scared that God was going to change me. Now, this is important because let me ask you a question. When you see Paul's life, it says, he goes, you know me before God. I was intense, I was zealous, and I was advanced far beyond everybody else. Can I ask you a question? After Paul became a Christian, was he intense? Was he zealous? Was he far above everybody else? You guys catching this? See, God designed and fashioned Paul in the womb exactly how he wanted him to be. And then the problem with Paul is he was just broken. He was just wounded and he was bent out of shape. So God takes the raw material that he made in the first place and then he just heals it and he makes it beautiful. So with every one of you, all he wants to do is take the you he made you to be, you give him your life, and he just takes off all the sharp edges and all the stuff that's bent out of shape, and he takes the beautiful you, and he makes you who you want to be. That's cool. Now, I got to give props to John Ortberg, by the way. I, I, I had this series together, and I didn't know what to call it, and I went down to the Christian bookstore uh, to buy a gift for somebody, and he had this book sitting there called The Me I Want to Be, and I'm like, oh, Perfect. And, and so in there, he has this story, and I love this story. He says he knew this really young gal who was, a, in his words, a formidable leader with indomitable drive. <laughs> great, great adjectives there. And he said he talked to her mom, and her mom said, and she's always been like this. She goes, when she was four years old, she used to always go AWOL on her tricycle, right? <laughs> and so her mom came out one time and said, okay, here's how this is going to work. You can ride on the sidewalk in between the driveway and the tree. That's it. I'm going to go inside, but I'm going to watch you. If I see you go outside that driveway or outside that tree, then I'm going to come out and I'm going to punish you and I'm going to have to give you a spanking. And apparently this little four-year-old girl backed up to her mom, pointed at her bum and said, well, you might as well spank me now because I got places to go. <laughs> I love that. And... and you know, I mean, my kids are 13, 11, and 9 now, and oh my gosh, I can look back when they were 5, 3, and 1 and go, yep, there's just hard wiring, man. And my prayer for me, for my kids, and for you is would we realize that God likes who he made you to be. Now he just needs you to give him your life. Give it back to him, the one who created you in the first place. And let him take that beautiful person and make you what you were created for. So, in John chapter 1, verse 42, I just read this last week, and this is a story where Andrew is a disciple of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is saying, hey, it's not about me, it's about this guy, it's about Jesus. So Andrew runs into Jesus, and then the first thing he does is he, he brings his brother, and he goes, he finds his brother Simon, and says, you got to come check out this guy. And in verse 42, it says, so Andrew brought... Simon to Jesus. 
And Jesus looked at him, and he said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. Now think about this. This is what I thought about. Can you imagine, think about what this would be like, to actually have God look at you. Right? So now here's what I mean. Because we all know this, right? We say the eyes are the window of the soul. <laughs> and so if somebody's actually looking at you, and that's what that word means, it doesn't mean a glance, it means I'm looking at you. Now that's one thing, like if Susie is like looking at me, <laughs> like, like in fact, I did a wedding yesterday, it was great, right? Because they're looking at each other, like, oh, they're just looking at each other, which is what you want them to do, right? <laughs> I, I did do one wedding where a gal did not look at her uh, uh, husband, and that bothered me. So, um, but, so when you've fallen in love with somebody, you do, you want to gaze into each other's eyes. Because there's something healing about someone who looks at you. Now, at the same time, though, somebody else may be trying to look at you and you're kind of like, <laughs> like, stop it, right? Because, I mean, is, is, is it not uncomfortable? <laughs> you know, I see it all the time. Like, you really want to look at somebody, they're like, whoa. Why? Because it feels like you're getting to know me. Think about this. What would it have been like then for Simon to have God look at him? I think two things were going on. Number one, there's no way that he couldn't have had Jesus gazing into his eyes and not felt loved. Because God is love. And at the same time, you know Simon was going, you know everything about me, don't you? <laughs> like his whole soul must have been laid out like this. And while his whole person is laid out, Jesus looks at him and says what? You are Simon. You shall be Peter. And I believe with all of my heart that the God who created every one of you in these next six weeks and for the rest of your days on earth, he wants to look at you. And he wants you to take your guard down and actually risk opening up your heart to him and let him speak to you. And I think he wants to say, you are, you shall be. Because the one who made you knows the days ordained for you. And just like Saul became Paul, and just like Simon became Peter, every one of us, God has a reason for you. So my question for you is this. Will you let him look at you? And I go, now, how does he do that in 2014? Because obviously, it's not going to happen visually. But this is why you sit here, so many of you, and you say things like, um, you were speaking right to me. It felt so vulnerable. <laughs> I've had people say that. It's like, is anybody else in the room? Because this is right for me. <laughs> That's it, right there. God is coming to your heart. And I'm telling you, would you let him look at you? And then here's the question. Will you look at him? And will you allow yourself to believe that there's a God who beautifully, wonderfully, fearfully made you? In here, 
out here and every day ordained for you. The me that you want to be can only be found in connection with the one who created you. Let me say this last thing. At the end, he says, in, in, in Colossians it says, you were created through him and for him. And so in 2 Corinthians 5, it says, you guys, you know, what the, you know why Christianity, you know why I love, I love the gospel, I love it. Of course, I'm giving my whole life to it, but I love it. And here's why. Because in 1, 2 Corinthians 5, it says that God sent Jesus on this planet, and the whole reason he came was so that he could reconcile us to, anybody know what it is? Himself. Just to himself. So here's your ultimate design. You are made complete by design. And the ultimate design, you all have a unique design, but your ultimate design was you were created for God. And we don't work when we're separated from him. And that's why Jesus came. Let me get rid of your sin that causes you to, to walk away from God. Let me give you a new heart that actually wants to walk with God because you were created for him and I reconciled you to myself. And I want to tell you again, man, those two, that sweet couple that got married last night, they weren't standing there thinking about all they have to do for each other. They just couldn't wait to what? Just be together. That's what you were designed for. And once you start walking with God, and knowing him, that's the only way you're going to find the me that you were created to be. Dad, go, man. I wish we could do all six messages right now. It's going to be good stuff. Don't miss. This is so important, so important for you to live the life that God created you to live. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thanks for this truth. I do pray that you grant everyone in this room hope that they could stop the endless search of who am I and why am I here and why can I not be fulfilled? And why can I not find satisfaction? Jesus, it's only in you. That's why we're here. Thanks, God, for every expression of you in this room. And may your grace come and abound in great ways that bring revelation of understanding. I am created. I am designed by God. I'm designed for a purpose. And I'm designed for him. Thanks for this truth. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. So as we uh, close our service today, our greeters are going to come forward. Uh, we're going to take our offering. And, you know, it's so fun. I just, why, why we take the offering again, you guys, is here, here's Jesus. And he's just going, listen, I want you to be the one that I created you to be. We're created in his image. When we get back connected to God, we actually start living like him. And one of the coolest things you see, you see about the very nature of God is he's never about himself, and he just gives himself away. That's all he does, is give and give and give. And so part of what it means to look like Jesus is you just the financial gift that he's given to you, you just give it away. And that's why we take this offering. It helps us, it helps our soul be the me that we were created to be. All right? So enjoy giving your offering back to God. Um, and then I just have uh, one um, main announcement today while that's happening. Um, tomorrow night, we're starting what we call here at K2 the Crash Course. And, um, and uh, this is one of my favorite things that we do here at K2. And I just want to invite all of you. But I will say we actually do have a prerequisite uh, for the crash course. We, we ask that everybody would take base camp. 
actually before you take the crash course. If you're new to K2, uh, you can discover some of these things, but a base camp simply means it's the place you start. Um, I love the fact that we call K2 the adventure with God, because here's what I know. I, there is no way you can link your heart with the God who created this unbelievable beauty around us in this majesty and become one with him and live some boring doll life. Just doesn't happen. Now, I don't know what your adventure is going to be like. It's not going to be like mine. It's going to be your own, but you will go on one. And just like you would never even think of climbing Mount Everest, you don't unless you go to base camp first. And you got to find out, okay, what's the route? Who's my team? What are the tools? What do I need? And that's what we offer here. So if you're new to K2, the first step for you is to take base camp. And there's a new one that starts every month, and it just gives you a chance to grit your foundation of what it means to actually have a faith relationship with Christ, okay? Now, if you've already taken base camp, um, tomorrow night we're going to do crash course. And what crash course is, is it's just, it's a group of people here at K2 who say, you know what? I I I want to go for it. I want to totally give, I want to live out my faith in Christ, and I'm going to commit to do it in this place. And I actually want to become like Christ. Could I join a community that will help me do that? And so if you'd like to join that, um, tomorrow night you can sign up out in the lobby. Um, We'd love to have you. If you haven't taken base camp, we're going to do another crash course after the new year. And so you can just take base camp this fall and then join us uh, after the new year. But we'd we'd just love to have you do that. You guys, ah, it's so fun to be up here and look at all your beautiful faces. I mean, seriously, to think about what I just taught and to look at every one of you in this room and to know that he designed you exactly how he wants you to be and he has a purpose for your life, I so encourage you, please consider surrendering your idea of who you're supposed to be and give it to God instead and discover the me you really want to be. So um, we have a prayer team that'll be down here. Um, We know Monday through Saturday, it's tough. And if you have anything that we can pray for you for, any way we can just lead you to God's presence so he can pour his grace on you, that team would love to do that. And if you're brand new and want to know more who we are, right outside these doors over here, there's a little tent. We'd love to give you a little gift and just answer any questions you have. All right? Thanks for joining us, you guys. Have a great day. We'll see you next Sunday. Yeah. I found it. Yeah? Yeah. What is it?